Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey y'all, hey. Welcome back to Such a Lady. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome home, fam. Because <laughs> you're family now. Um, can y'all believe that this is our 30th episode? And I'm a little happy and sad at the same time because um, I'm going to take a break so that I can give 100% to the women who have courageously offered to share their stories with us and so that I can focus on new content. Um, I want to come back better than ever. I want to give you all more than what I've been given and um, I just want to take some time off to do that. So I'm thinking about three weeks, Um, but if it happens before then, you'll see me before then. So I'm excited, but please, in the meantime, um, go follow us on Instagram at Such a Lady Thirty, and we do have a Facebook page now. Look us up, Such a Lady. We'll still be on there. We can still chat, all that kind of stuff. And if you still want to be a part of um, the series, you know about telling your story. Don't hesitate. Um, please reach out to me. Also, if you have other stories you want me to talk about, send them to me. I promise they aren't going unnoticed. Um, A young lady sent me a crazy story the other day and I watched it and I can't wait to go over that with you all. So please, if you see something and you're like, hey, just shoot it to me. I promise. I love to chat. So I'll probably talk to you and you'll be like, okay, I should have never sent her anything because she won't shut up. But no, I appreciate all the love all the support. You all have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, And just to be able to say that we did 30 episodes. I don't know if you've been hanging with me from the beginning. You know that I was scared when I first started. I was anxious. Even this episode, I am anxious. Like, oh my goodness, because it's not the end, but it's the end of season one. And I didn't think that we were even going to make it this far. In the beginning, I was so inconsistent. And I remember promising to to you guys that I was going to be consistent and I was going to drop an episode every Monday. And I kept that promise to you guys. And I hope that you, I was able to regain your trust and that you'll come back for season two because it's going to be better than ever. Um, Prizes, we're going to have a party when we come back. You guys, listen, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm going to give you all everything that I have and hopefully you'll stay tuned but let's get to our next story imagine on the day that you get married your husband tells you hey babe the wedding was great nice horse carriage wedding you look beautiful by the way just want to throw in here that I am the scar scarborough rapist um yeah they brought me in a couple of years ago and They questioned me and took my DNA, and that's who I am. Like, how how would you be able to deal with that? Because that's what happened to Carla Homolka. 
Um, she said the day that her and her husband got married that evening was the worst night of her life because that's the night that he told her that he was a serial a serial rapist. I myself find it hard to believe that she was that surprised. And let me tell you why. Carla and Paul had a history prior to getting married that makes me think that she might have been surprised, but she didn't think that he was too far from doing that. So let's get to the backstory. Carla met Paul when she was still in high school. She was the oldest of three girls and based on everything I can find, she had a good life. She was popular in school. Everybody liked her. It wasn't anything that she, that, you know, that stood out. Paul, on the other hand, was the youngest kid and his parents had a really rocky marriage. Um, it stated that his mother was very verbally abusive and he found out that his uh, biological dad was not really his dad when he turned 16. So he started acting out. He started looking in women's windows and then it kind of escalated from there. Um, now, Paul meets Carla and she's 17 and he's six years older than her. So she's still in high school, but her parents said that he seemed like a really nice guy. He seemed mature. They didn't, he seemed to be mature and they didn't see any reason to stop them from dating. Um, they look like Ken and Barbie. That's what everybody said. They had the perfect, perfect, perfect relationship. Nobody has the perfect relationship, y'all. I don't care who. But they said that they had a perfect relationships. Their friends envied them and all of that good stuff. You know, everything I say every week that the people say about the people. So you you would think, okay, well, Carla would be surprised to know. But no. So while they're dating, Paul comes to Carla and he's like, hey, check this out. You're not a virgin, but your sister, Tammy, who's 14, is a virgin, and I'm attracted to her. And I don't know what he could have said or what he did say to make Carla agree with him because Carla was like, okay, I will give you my sister's virginity because I couldn't give you my own. Well, at the time, Carla worked at a veterinarian clinic and so they decided that they were going to put tranquilizers in Carla's baby sister's food, Tammy, to knock her out. And that was what they did the first time. Well, it knocked her out. But as soon as Paul went to go rape her, she started waking up. And so they had to abort that plan. Later on, they use, and I could be saying the word wrong. I think it's called halogen. But you know, in the movies where they put that stuff on a towel and then they cover your face with it, that's what they used. Um, they told Tammy that they were going to have a party. You know, she's younger. And of course you trust your big sister. This is your big sister and her boyfriend. You trust them. You're going to go hang out with them. You're going to be drinking. You're doing stuff that you can do with your parents because your big sister's saying it's cool. So that's, I'm sure that's where Tammy's mom was at. And when she got there and they put that over her face, she passed out. Paul began to rape her and do crazy things with her. And Carla was there. And you would think that Carla would try to help. Like, okay, I know that I agreed to this, but now that I'm watching you do this to my baby sister, I need to step in. It's not okay. But Carla 
joined in. She actually began to rape her sister as well. Well, Tammy began to wake up and she began to throw up. And so they panicked. They put her clothes back on her, took her into another room and called 911. And when 911 came, they tried to, you know, resuscitate her and get her to the hospital. But she ended up passing away. And the doctor saw that there were burn marks on her face. But Paul said, you know, that was from when I was trying to give her CPR before you all got here. And they just took them at their word um, and they ruled it an accident. Tammy's family had her services. Paul and Carla were there. They all grieved together, not knowing that Tammy, I mean, not knowing that Carla and Paul actually killed Tammy. So they go on like nothing ever happened and they move out. They're planning to get married. The wedding is still on. Two weeks before the wedding, Carla says that she wakes up and Paul has this young girl in in her house. Her name is Leslie, 14. And he said, uh, Carla says that he's like, I want to have some fun with her. And Carla's like, okay. So they go and they close the windows. And for the next three days, they rape and they sodomized this baby girl. And then once they were done with her, they strangled her and took her body and wrapped it up. Well, tied it to concrete blocks and threw her in the lake. Two weeks later, they get married. So they've killed Tammy. They've killed Leslie, who's 14. Tammy was 14. And now they've gotten married. Now, on this day is the day that he tells her that he's the rapist. So excuse me, because I don't believe that she was surprised to find that out. Not only that, but prior girlfriends had said that they had to break up with Paul because whenever they would have sex, he liked it rough. It was like the rougher, the better. And they didn't like that. So they ended up leaving him alone. So I I think that Carla might have been surprised to know that he, the extent, but I'm sure she knew that he had it in him. So they get married and, you know, they go on about their life and everybody's still thinking that they're this nice couple. Things are great. They're this Ken and Barbie. Well, then one day they're coming home and they're driving and they see a young lady named Kirsten and she's walking home and they pull over and Carla asked her, hey, do you think you could help me with directions? And she pulls out a map. They knew what they were doing. Why do you have a map? You knew what you were doing. So she pulls out a map and she asks the young lady if she could give her directions. And she does. She gives her the directions and they kidnap her and they take her and they do the same thing to her that they did to Leslie. They take her home, they rape her, and then they strangle her. So sad. Um, After they do that, Paul says that he wants Carla to start inviting Tammy's friends over because they're virgins. Apparently, Paul had some obsession with virgins. Um, He asked her to start inviting Tammy's friends over, and Carla does this. And they drug them and rape them, and then they wake up. So the three murders that they have on them are they have Tammy, the younger sister, then they have Leslie, and then they have Kirsten. But the other young ladies, they drug them, 
rape them. Mm -hmm. And then once the ladies wake up, they don't know what happened. They just go home. So they don't know that they've been raped. But here's the plot twist. They record this crap, this nasty stuff that they're doing to these women. They're recording it. They recorded Tammy. There were tapes of everything. Now, this is old. This is back in the day. So, like, these are old school tapes, but you could see what they were doing. Now, when Paul told Carla that he was the Scarborough rapist, he told her, that the police had brought him in, they had questioned him, they had taken his DNA, and this was about two years prior. But this is, again, older, so DNA wasn't as popular as it is now. So they couldn't get a match back as fast as they wanted to. It was still new. So the thing that Paul did was he moved away. And once you have something in you, the rapes weren't as bad as they were in Scarlesboro. But when he moved... The rape started where he was at. Nobody put the two and two together. And of course, the DNA hadn't come back. So Paul and Carla are raping these young women and drugging them. But Carla's friends start noticing that she's getting these marks on her. Every time they see her, she has marks on her body. And they're asking her, is Paul going upside her head? But she's like, no, everything is fine. Until one day, she ends up at the emergency room and the police say that they've never seen anybody beaten like that before. Like her eyes look like raccoons. Oh, it, it was bad. Like if you if you look it up, you can see that it was really, really bad. So I guess that was enough for Carla. Um, I guess she didn't care that she had done so much dirt with him and he could tell. Maybe she thought you won't tell because if you tell, then you're going to get in as much trouble as I am. And I know your secrets just like you know mine. So she left, filed for divorce started dating, went on with her life, and then the police finally get the hit on the DNA like two and a half years later. They bring, they find out that it's Paul Bernardino's, but instead of going straight to him, they say, let's find out who's closest to him. And of course, who pops up? Carla. So they bring her in, but they don't ask her about the rapes. They don't ask her about anything. She thinks that they're asking her about when he beat her. So she's telling them about when he was going upside her head, but they do bring in two detectives from where they previously stayed at to intimidate her. They never say anything about the rapes, but just them being there has her on edge. So when she leaves, she thinks that they're coming after her. So she tells her parents everything. She tells them that she was involved with Tammy, her sister's death. She tells them everything and they tell her that she needs to get a lawyer. And she does just that. She gets a lawyer and then she goes and she turns herself into the police and she tells them everything. But of course she has a lawyer. So her lawyer is like, listen, what deal can you offer her? And so Carla says, listen, there are these tapes at Paul's house. If you go there, that's going to corroborate everything I'm telling you. Cause right now it's just her word. You know what I mean? She's just saying this stuff, but of course, the police want the more evidence they can get. So they go to Paul's house with this search warrant and they can't find these tapes. So all they have at this time is Carla's word against Paul. They have his DNA, but as far as these murders, that, that's right. But as far as these murders, they have Carla's word and they need it because they can't find these tapes. And of course, Paul is not going to confess. So 
they made a deal with her and everybody calls this the deal with the devil because they did an agreement with Carla that for the murder of Leslie and Kirsten, she would serve 10 years concurrently. And if I don't, I'm sure you all know, but concurrently means at the same time. So it's not you serve this and then you serve that again. And then they gave her two years for Carla. I mean, I'm sorry, for Tammy. They did not charge her with murder for Tammy, but they charged her with, you know, kind of like obstructing justice. It's hard to know exactly what they charged her with. And the reason why I say that is because the, the plea deals of her case were not disclosed. You do how much time she got, but like the details of it were not open to the um, to the public. And they said it was so that Paul could get a, a fair trial. But here's what ended up happening. Carla said that the reason why she was involved in any of this was because Paul was going upside her head and he was beating on her and he was telling her, if you don't do this stuff, then I'm going to kill you. And of course, they have proof that he was beating on her. She went to the hospital. They have the friends, you know, all all these people saying, yeah, it looked like he probably did beat her. And then she has these black eyes that look like raccoons. So it is possible that the only reason why she was involved is because she was scared of him. So they made that deal, but they finally found the tapes and the tapes show that Carla was way more involved than she claimed to be. In one of the tapes, there wasn't even any young lady there. It was just, it was just Paul and Carla and Carla was acting like Tammy. And she was like, um, you like it. You like it when I'm Tammy. How would you feel if my sister Carla found out what we were doing? So like she was getting off on pretending to be her sister. And then there were other tapes where she was calling Paul her king and saying that I'll go get as many virgins for you as you want me to. And I'll do whatever you want me to because you're the king and we'll have tons of virgin babies. And then I'll give those babies to you. So She's saying that she was coerced into this, but these tapes are showing something totally different. And then she even said that like with the girl um, that Paul had brought home, she was like, it was hard because I formed relationship with these young ladies. Like we were friends, like we did makeup together and we hung out. And when Paul would leave, I got to know them. So it was hard to watch him kill them after they became my friends but it's hard to think that you're somebody's friend when you participate in the rape and you actually rape these women with wine bottles so when all this stuff came out it was after the deal was already made and so that's why they were calling it the deal with the devil because although Paul won't ever see the light of day again Carla did Carla ended up getting out. She got married. Well, remarried. She had kids. She's living her life in Canada. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, once people find out who she is, like they, I'm sure she never has a peaceful day because she's tried to change her name. She's tried to, you know, change her appearance. She's tried to get, you know, order so that people can't, you know, take pictures of her and things of that nature. But when you do something like that, people don't forget about it. And so I, I, 
I think that, you know, once people find out who she is, then that's when they're like, oh, no, no, you're not going to be around my kids because who would want you to? And I'm not saying that she didn't serve her time. That's what they gave her. So she served it. But in my mind, I'm thinking once you go that far into the darkness, do you ever actually come back? Is it possible to do it again? Kind of like with alcohol, you know, once you are alcoholic, yeah, you might not ever drink again, but is that urge gone forever? And that's where my mind is at. Like, I don't know. It scares me for her kids. And then not even saying that she would do something to her own kids, but it scares me what her kids are going to have to deal with because kids are mean and so are adults. So imagine once you're at school and you find out that one of your classmates' mom killed her sister and raped her. And then you go tell your other friends. And so now her kids are being bullied. It's just, it's crazy all around. I don't know. I think if I did that, well, I, I, I know. I mean, if, you know, if, if I did that and I had kids, I would want to keep them in a shelter, like at home and homeschool them because of the things that I did, or at least move far, far away. Like this happened in Canada, but she didn't move away from Canada. She just moved to a different part of it. So there's nowhere that she can go that no one's going to not know who Carla is. There's no way she's going to get away from the the mark that she placed on her life when she did this stuff with her first husband. And then I also wanted to know if her parents still dealt with her afterwards. Because, you know, remember I said that after all that happened, she went and told her parents. And then they ended up telling her that she needed to get a lawyer. So I was curious to know. Did her parents still fool with her? Well, in one interview after she had been released, her mom was there. She acknowledged her mom, but you never saw her mom. But there, I couldn't find anything that said that her mom supported her. But I'm thinking if you're at the interview, why would you be there? And as a mom, I don't know. I can't say that I, I mean, yes, it would be horrible that my child did that to another child. But I can't say that I, I can't say that I wouldn't love my child. Yes, you're wrong. But I can't say that I I would forever not ever speak to my child. I can't say I've learned to never say never. Let me say that. I've learned to never say never because that never could always be you. But the dad, yeah, he came out and was like, no, I don't have nothing to say to her. I don't want to, I don't have anything to do with her. When she got released, they actually asked him, you know, are you going to go and um, be there for her release. And he was like, no. (laughs) And they asked him, will any of her other family members be there? He was like, no, no. Like I I would prefer not to have anything to do with her. And I can understand that as well. I mean, you never know what happens when things like this. I mean, because you never, one, expect your child to do something like that. But then to add insult to injury, she murdered other people and she assisted in the rape of these young women. So, it has to be crazy. I mean, you never know, but I would love to get how you think on this. You know, I'm going to post some pictures, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the Facebook page now that we got it. So I would love to chat with you all. So go ahead and meet us over there. And I'm so, so sad to say that I'll see you all later, not next Monday, but I'll see you all later. But if you haven't caught up on all the episodes, catch up, tell me what you like, what you want to hear. I'm open to it all. And I just thank you all for letting me serve you for these first 30 episodes. You all don't know how happy I am to say that. It might not mean a lot to you all, but it means so much to me. I hope that you all have a great day 
on purpose. I hope that you don't let anybody steal your joy. And I hope that you tune in for season two of Such a Lady. Thank you all so much.